Hello and welcome to the Bang to Rights podcast. My name is Pete Murray. I'm a lecturer in multimedia journalism here at Manchester Metropolitan Uni. I'm joined by my colleague and Bang to Rights regular Dave Porter. Hi, Dave. Hi, Pete. And we're also joined by two journalism students for this special episode of the podcast because we're going to talk about, well, we're going to talk about podcasts, actually. <laughs> um, first, welcome to Hania Hesham, a former ManMet journalism student who's now studying international relations along the road at University of Manchester, where you're also producing your own podcast. Hi, Hania. Yeah, hi, Pete. How are you? And also joining us is Sidra Ashgar, one of our third-year students now, who's uh, you're working on your own podcast as well. Hi, Sidra. Hi, Pete. So welcome both to Bang to Rights. We'll come to what you're working on in a bit more detail in, in a second, but let's have a sort of elevator pitch thing about what it is that you're working on. Hania, what's, tell us a little bit about your podcast. So my podcast is called The Stereotyper. It basically aims to break stereotypes about different cultures, traditions, or uh, specific countries or lifestyles. And Sidra, what about, what about yourself? Uh, my podcast is called The Sidra Asghar Show, and it's a mix of commentary, news, opinion, but mostly focusing on slow journalism and breaking down big news stories for the younger generation. Okay, good stuff. We'll, oh. um, we'll get a lot more about that in just a moment. But Dave, first of all, we, I mean, we, we normally kind of, we're, we're going to be, we would be featuring law cases or whatever uh -huh. at the moment. So we will do a little bit of that just to get things kicked off and stay within the formula. What's, what's caught your eye this week? Just today, news that uh, it's the Criminal Procedure Rules Committee. Uh, criminal Procedure Rules, in case people don't know, um, we talked to students about them. It's really the, the rules of justice, and um, for journalists, it, it tells them about their rights, but it also informs them how courts are um, set up, and, and crucially, it tells you, you know, it's advised to the courts and to judges and magistrates about the, oh, about the rules which can be put into place, uh, about the rights of journalists. So what came through this morning was the idea, uh, the suggestion put forward by the committee that uh, individual judges should be able to decide whether contempt of court has been committed. At present, um, it's down to the Attorney General, matters are referred to them, and the idea seems to be that um, because it's down to the Attorney General, the AG, cases, in quite important cases or serious breaches of contempt are being missed and um, which is quite interesting I, I think actually people when you talk to students about contempt and maybe people outside everyone thinks of contempt as somebody shouting in court or misbehaving in court and don't realize actually contempt for us guys media law is about prejudicing a jury and and basically the media you know publishing content which would prejudice uh, and therefore Which is contempt. why it gets referred all the way up yes, to the Attorney General. Yes, and it's an important yeah. thing, you know. So I think it's quite a, a, an important step and give judges that element of flexibility and, and I suppose added responsibility. Because we have had some Attorney Generals over previous years who've been, Dominic Grieve, for example, yes. prosecuted more cases than a lot of his predecessors yeah. and successors. And it seems to have gone, I guess, a little bit quiet, Ooh. really, in terms of the contempt against journalists Definitely. and news organisations. They always say contempt depends upon the political climate, mm -hmm. how relaxed the uh, AG is. Some are quite relaxed and uh, would happy to select natural justice and the fade factor and the fact we have a kind of robust jury system, you know, so some are quite happy to select what would seem to the naked eye to be quite blatant breaches of contempt. Um, but others are quite sanguine about that. Others are more, you know, uh, strict, shall we say. Um, so whether this actually, in, its, in essence, that, that power is being taken out of their hands. So 
So now it? it'll be in the hands of the judges, yes. and some of them will are quite likely to be very strict. I actually, think so because they? actually they're oper operating at the coalface. Yeah. They can see the effect of media publications on the case they're handling that week, that day, that month. And um, I think we may start to see more cases being brought forward. They're certainly likely to be more sensitive about the, the practicalities yeah. of it, aren't they? And if nothing yeah. else, actually, issuing more warnings, you yes. know, certainly reminding the, the press of their responsibilities under the Content of the Court Act. Um, so it may be a rather stricter climate, which is less dependent on political factors. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, th th there's only one other thing that I wanted to mention, which is that the House of Lords, one of their select committees, the Communications Committee, is, and I think I mentioned it in the last episode, that they're having a look at the future of, of journalism in the UK, a massive topic, but actually they're focusing on training, mm. the training of journalists. Now, there was a session, uh, we're recording this on Wednesday afternoon, there was a session yesterday, Tuesday. Um, I could, I, I was thinking about dropping some of that audio into the podcast, but actually I think what I'd pr prefer to do is get some of the people on um, from the National Council for the Training of Journalists, a couple of freelance journalists were also giving evidence. So we'll, I'll try and summarise that perhaps for next episode mm -hmm. um, and uh, come back to that in a little bit more detail. The consult there's a public consultation going on, um, uh, but given that their focus is on the training of journalists, that's something that, well, all four of us around here are, are obviously interested in, and here at Manmet Uni yeah. and other university departments, we were just talking about how, how practical a lot of these courses are. Um, and how that's kind of right across the board for a lot of the, the universities that have journalism units. Yeah. And I guess it's hanging on to that practical, the practical nature and the vocational nature of the course that's going to be quite important. Yeah. But we have it's to keep up with the times. Industry light, it's what employers want. And, and you know, the NCTJ, as like other training bodies, always says we, colleges and universities have to train journalists to meet demands of employers. Yeah. And if we're not doing that, we're not doing the job properly. Yeah. Well, speaking of kind of doing the job properly, a, a reminder, first of all, you're listening to the Bang to Rights podcast from the Journalism Department at Manchester Metropolitan University. You can contact us on Twitter at RightsBang, and of course you can subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. But in terms of the practical stuff that we're, we're teaching here, I'm absolutely delighted that two of the students are now producing their own podcasts, partly because that's one of the courses that I run, so it's a big thrill for me. So, Hania, tell me, tell me a little bit more about the, where the impulse came to, to do this at all, first of all, and then I'll talk about some of the facilities that we've got, that, that they have at University of Manchester, where you, you can put so the So, it actually out. all started since last year, so I was taking with you advanced audio and video, and in my um, assignment, I did the same idea of podcast, and I just realised I'm really more interested in podcast rather than writing or videography. So, it was I, in the undergraduate, I just did, like, two episodes for the assignment, but then, um, so this year, the Fuse FM, which is the university radio, they opened applications if someone wants to have their podcast or their live show. And in the first semester, I didn't apply because I wasn't sure that my idea was really interesting. And then the second semester, I was like, what is the worst thing that could happen? They would just refuse me. Well, that's fine. So I applied and they actually said like, oh, this is really an interesting idea. We would love to help you produce it. And then I started from there. So it, as I mentioned before, it's basically called the Stereotyber and it aims to break different stereotypes. As an international student who moved to the UK for almost six years now, I have heard several stereotypes about like my background and I personally had many stereotypes about like the country or people here. So I thought it would be really interesting to do a podcast just aiming to break these stereotypes. 
So the, the, the episodes that you did as part of your assignment, let's, let's not talk about them, although I know what was in them, but tell me a little bit more about the kind of people that you want to get on, the, the kind of people that you would like to talk to as part of your podcast now. So like I'm aiming to have like, to actually interview diverse of people. So like, for example, in the first two episodes I already released, uh, now one was about like the Britain stereotypes and I interviewed two of the like, British people, they were my friends. And then I'm aiming like to also do, for example, stereotypes regarding like healthy lifestyle stereotypes or stereotypes about like girls wearing headscarves, about like different just cultures and traditions. So I'm trying like to have a contact list so I can just, whenever the episode comes up, I'll take someone from the list and interview them. I mean, in Manchester, well, certainly central Manchester, this is meant to be one of the, linguistically, one of the most diverse cities in, in the UK. There's something like 500 different languages spoken here. So. <laughs> Presumably, you've got a wealth of potential interviewees. Yeah, I think this was also one of the things that I mentioned in the application that like the podcast will be able to go more than five episodes because I've already like have plenty of contact. As you mentioned, Manchester is one of the most diverse cities here in the UK. So there's like so many things to discuss. So, Sidra, tell me a little bit about yours then. You, you're, you're aiming at that slow journalism model. Tell us a little bit about what slow journalism means for you. Um, for me, it's more... Uh, I know that a lot of young people especially struggle with the influx of news that they get. And I think uh, the slow journalism aspect would be make, maybe taking news stories and sort of breaking them down and seeing them from different perspectives is really interesting to me because I often like to read or listen to journalism that's produced after the fact. So I think that might help to cut down the noise a bit that we see in mm. modern modern journalism. So what, what kind of stories do you think would, would fit the bill for that? Definitely, obviously, current affairs. Yeah. Um, trying to obviously track it as it goes along, but then af after the fact, then seeing how it's all come about and maybe an analysis and commentary aspect, but also, um, you know, entertainment um, and could like celebrity news and things like that yeah. would be in, things that are interesting to young people and are there are there um kind of podcasts that you regularly listen to that sort of fit that model yeah i listen to a lot of um youtube podcasts or podcasts that youtubers make and they mm. um will often talk about um not even necessarily news stories but things that are going on in the youtube sphere or with cr content creators in general and i find that really interesting Okay, just a quick reminder. There's some sounds off. I'm not mm. complaining to the people in the other room, but there's a, a bit of a, a there's a, a separate project which you might report on in, in Banter Rights at the moment. It's a, a hookup that, that we're doing with the the fashion department here and the fashion department at a university in India. So there's a briefing session going on next door for that. And if that does happen, if that comes to pass, we'll almost certainly get some of the students involved in that. And that, you never know, that might be a topic that, Sidra Hania, you might want to pick up on as well. But we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, Hania, are there any kind of podcasts that you've sort of modelled yourself on? Any, what are the podcasts that you listen to that made you think, well, this, would, this is something that would work? So actually, I, I usually listen to true crime podcasts. So you, I remember last year you introduced us to Serial, the podcast. And since then, I have been so into like true crime stories. So I'm currently listening to a podcast called In the Dark. It's also like a true crime story. But then like I do get like inspiration from how they edit the episode or like for example they always like have music in the middle which so the episode wouldn't be like boring and things like this and dave 
what are you what are you listening to? I've never asked you this actually, but what, podcast wise, what? Well, uh, my my thumb of podcast is BBC Sounds in a way. Mm -hmm. You know, I I, uh, I kind of go on and do it live. So I mean, actually, I've been listening to the California Century. I don't know if they caught any of that, which is a fantastic sort of a series of 14 minutes. Um, it's the history of California told as if it was a film screen. So, you know, uh, and funny enough, what the, 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 the main historical advisor is one of the professors from the University of Manchester. And it starts from the turn of the century and grows a chart of Hollywood and the fact that when the West was opened up, Mexican immigrants, um, the racism, right up to the watch riots, and it's fantastic. Uh, and in that way, I don't have, you know, podcasts in the sense, I don't generally listen to podcast raps, I listen to them for going on to sound. Uh, I have the media show, obviously fantastic. Uh, Lloyd Action, I think yeah. is really good as a podcast. Yeah. Um, the Patch is really good. And um, anything which kind of grabs my eye in terms of journalism or real life stories. I must say, my wife is a huge true crime podcaster and, you know, always in bed every night, doesn't talk to me, just puts her headphones on. And, um, but I think actually, you know, joking aside, it's a fantastic format for journalism and, and true crime to go back and look at and reinvestigate, isn't it, it seems to me. It's interesting, actually, because one of the things that we did, I, I don't think it was for, for your uh, um, session, Hania, but I think earlier this year, the, the, this, see, this year's um, students, we looked at true crime podcasts and against uh, politics podcasts because there's a very, very definite male-female audience for them. F the female audience for true crime is around about 70%, and the male audience for politics mm. podcast is around about 70%. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's quite marked that. And I think I just wonder whether, do e are either of you kind of conscious about who the audience is for Cedra? Who do you think would be listening to, to your piece? I definitely think students would probably yeah. listen just for the, perhaps the like features, commentary aspect, because um, it's actually interesting that we're talking about true crime because on YouTube that does really well as well. Of course, yeah. And then um, the second best videos, I guess, that get a lot of views on YouTube are like celebrity news and um, entertainment and I think news in general. I think young people now are really curious about the news and curious about journalism and I think that's what pushed me actually to do a podcast as well was like um, probably giving my opinion and... Um, beca because it is a presenter-led podcast, just giving an opinion and hopefully having young people contribute to that and contribute to the podcast and the show in general. Yeah. And, and Hania, what about yours? What, you, what's, what audience do you have in mind? Who do you think is listening? So I think it's more like Sidra. I hope that they're like students or young people because I think these are the people, especially like the younger generation, it's really important for them to know like what is stereotype and what is true, especially now with like the social media and there's all kind of fake news or like fake stereotypes that people have to fit in or that are in the mind of people. So I hope they're young people. I haven't like checked, honestly speaking, but hopefully they're like students or university students, people like in their 20s, 30s. Yeah, well, I mean, certainly one of the things that's really, really obvious is the, the, the podcast audience, by and large, the larger section of it is that kind of 18 to 30 year old group. And they're the ones that are really responsible for the explosion in podcasts over the last three or four years. And Sidra, what you're looking at, isn't your podcast looking at it from a, a Bain perspective as well, you were telling me? Am I right in thinking that? Yeah, definitely, okay. like um, shining a voice. Um, I would like to interview guests from Bain background, uh, Bain creatives, just so that especially young people of colour can see mm. themselves as well. So it'll be 
there'll definitely be news elements and commentary and opinion, but also that side of it, especially with the guests I hope to have on. Great. Just um, technically then, um, tell us about what, uh, honey, what, how are you recording it? Just so as listeners know, we're sitting here, Dave oh. and Hania and Sidra and I, we're sitting in, in the, the newsroom in, in uh, at Manchester Metropolitan. I have a, a Zoom H6 recorder with four microphones plugged into it, which is what we use for recording a lot of the podcasts. We do also have a studio downstairs, which we sometimes use, but oh. we tend to do more in this kind of environment, it's a bit more open, a bit more chatty, and it's one of our classrooms. So, Cedra, you know this, and Hania, you were, this is where you did, we did the podcast course last year, isn't it? So, what sort of facilities have you got at, at uh, University of Manchester for this kind so of thing? So, when I started, I actually tried to borrow like one of the recorders, but it was so different than the Zoom 6, so I wasn't able to use it. So, I just stuck. So, in UOM, they have in the Students' Union uh, studio, it's, uh, because of the Fuse FM radio. So, usually there's two studios, one for the live shows and one for the pre-recorded so I usually book the studio for two hours per week and like I just align like the timetable with the guest timetable and then I'd go there and record we have in the studio there are three microphones one for the presenter and two for the guests and then usually they everything is set up and I just have to turn on the mics or turn off the mics and we don't use Adobe Audition because obviously it's paid so we use Audacity we record on it and then we can edit in the studio or we can just save the file and edit it afterwards okay and so if where can people people hear the, the podcast now? So it usually goes live on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Uh, it goes live weekly. It's either like usually Tuesday or Wednesday, I would say. Okay, well, we'll put a link in the show notes to that. Cedra, what about yourself? Because what, what, you've not yet released a podcast, have you? So what's what's your plans technically about how to record it and then where it's going to go? Um, technically, um, uh, Apple and uh, Spotify, there's a trailer up at the moment. So hopefully people can listen to that. Um, and as far as recording goes, the university has been really helpful in giving me an induction to the radio facility that yeah. we have here. Uh -huh. Obviously, we have the two guests, the presenter format, and then somebody who can produce in the booth. So that's been really helpful. And um, if there were ever any episodes I would do by myself, more commentary or opinion-based, they would be at home. I've got microphones set up at home. All right, good. Good stuff. Would you recommend other students, would, if they sat at home thinking, gosh, that sounds a bit technical, what would you say to them if they were thinking they would like to start a podcast? YouTube's your best friend. Okay. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um, the amount of YouTube tutorials I've had to watch, but it is uh, such a good way of developing your technical skills. Obviously, not even just for employers, but for yourself. I think the skills that I've learned and taught myself even in a few weeks has been really, really helpful. Obviously, I've wanted to produce a podcast since last summer when I took a podcast workshop at Reform Radio and um, doing research and everything. It takes a long time, but patience and YouTube are your best friend. Mm -hmm. Great. Okay. Well, that's... I think we'll probably stop it at that. We'll, we'll put links in, Hania, to, you, to your podcast. And Cedra, as soon as it's on the air, let us know and we'll link it in on, on Twitter and so on. But that's about it for this week. Before we go, Dave, what's, what's coming up? We're, we're getting into assignments yes, and marketing well, season now, aren't we? Yes, well, final week of teaching next week. Uh, we're going to finish off with open justice and protection of sources. And then revision and then assessments. Gosh. Yeah, we're here. We're, End of we're term here. Two. So, what's what's moving on Northern Quarter as well? Any any big stories that you you know? Well, actually, the the masters are doing uh, hyperlocal websites, so they've been producing a lot of joint content. Uh, so, if you go on to uh, Northern Quarter, you'll find a lot of really local, fantastic stories with uh, multimedia content from Altrincham, Withington, 
um, Salford, I've been doing, putting some great stuff on there actually. So um, pay us a visit and uh, fresh content every day. Great stuff. Okay, well, well, we'll also put a link into to Northern Quotes so people can have a look at the, the news section of the website. We'll be back next week, but remember you can subscribe to the, postca- the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on Stitcher, and we'll drop straight onto your podcast feed. But you'll also find us on the Northern Quota, on, this, on their SoundCloud feed. That's all one word, MMU Northern Quota. That's about it for this week. Remember to tweet us at RightsBang if there are issues from your reading or your lectures you'd like us to cover in future episodes. In the meantime, we have been Bang to Rights. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Pete. Thanks, Thank you, Pete. And thanks, Sidra. Thank you. And thank you for listening. We'll see you soon.